Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. The episode you are about to listen to was originally available for Patreons only, but is a brand new episode now available on all podcasting platforms. So there might be a few references that have already happened. Uh, Apologies for that. And also apologies for any comments we make for non-patrons. Enjoy the episode and don't forget, it's not too late to join us on Patreon where you can listen to exclusive brand new episodes of Track by Track. Yes, every month there are at least two brand new episodes as well as access to the full Patreon-only back catalogue and our Patreon-only series, including further listening and the remix. Enjoy the episode. And thanks for listening. Have you pressed record, did you say? Yeah. Right, okay. Oh, hello. Right. Yeah. Three, two, one. Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. And we really hope that we don't blow this week because on the turntable, we've got Blossoms by Blossoms. No, Dan, full disclosure, as I was getting ready for this episode recording, I was setting up my audio files, and when I was naming the file, I missed out the L, so I've now got a file that says Bosoms. I'm sure you already had a file called Bosoms on your computer. <laughs> Did it say, do you want to duplicate? Are you sure you want to delete Bosoms? Good God, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, so before I blow my Bosoms issue out of all proportion, uh, let's... Um, let's first of all acknowledge the fact that we haven't actually mentioned Blossoms before on Track by Track or even we've done an episode we've not done an episode we've not referenced them before I'm just going to ask you straight away Dan why are we talking about Blossoms this week? We are talking about them first and foremost in terms of anniversaries and the like this their debut album turns five in two days time Uh, but also we're talking about Blossoms on Track by Track because uh, despite the fact that, yeah, I don't think we've mentioned them, we've certainly not done an album on them, they are a fantastic band who blend wonderful indie music with pop and synth, synthy sensibilities. Uh, as you've come to discover, Will, haven't you? Yes, I was brand new to the band uh, when you first brought them up uh, to talk about on Track by Track. Uh, I have to say, really been enjoying them. And Dan, mm-hmm. they're absolutely gorgeous. Uh, there's a lot of hair on the go, but also they've got some wonderful kind of jeans, corduroy, statement t-shirts, necklaces, lovely aesthetic. Yeah, very, it's it's very Manchester, isn't it? And of course that is where they're from. Or that area, I should say. Uh, They've also been in the news recently. Not for anything untoward, just to be clear. (laughs) Unlike you. But that's, no, we're not going to, we said we won't mention it. Uh, Yes, well, they, uh, back in April, they headlined a one-off trial uh, festival um, where people could go. Of course, we we're coming out of COVID and lockdown and things like that. People could go along without their masks, without social distancing, and just live life like we used to and like we took for granted. Um, so yeah, they headlined the day. It looked fantastic. I saw lots of videos online. I wish I was invited, actually. 
Yeah, you're quite jealous about that. Um, mm. Have you been to Sefton Park before? I haven't, no. Have you? Uh, no. Uh, I, well, I was asking you because you are a bit more you're a bit more northern than me, even though you'll say, no, it's the Midlands, but whatever. My family, I'm now, of course, based in, in the Metropolitan in London, but yeah, back home home is definitely more Midlands, more Sheffield, and more Arctic Monkeys than Oasis. Or um, more Human League, probably, actually. And Will... Yes, they're actually blossoms. They uh, we've got a lot in common with them. They're they're playing for our team. Yes, they're podcasters, aren't they? They are podcasters. They have got their podcast, and it's a real hoot. If you haven't listened to it yet, no, I need to actually. Uh, we did try recording in the pub, Dan, but you were absolutely hammered and under the table very quickly, making even less sense than usual. <laughs> Well, you insisted on having doubles sent over every time my glass was empty. In fact, I think the main problem, Will, was that you were munching down those pork scratchings faster than you could get any words out. It's because I wanted to see the ladies' uh, bosoms on the uh, pork scratching thing behind. That's bosoms again on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fun fact, actually, where the lady on the... uh, I don't know about that one, but on the KP Nuts one, that was my mother. Oh, yes, and she did that, um, the landladies of uh, the North calendar, didn't she? Of the Midlands. Of the Midlands, sorry. Of of the Midriff. (laughs) And actually, she didn't need anything to cover herself because she insisted on bearing all. Yes, she's a very confident woman and good for her, actually. Uh, Raised a lot of money for charity. Uh, Do you think we should do a, uh, how would we go about doing our own kind of uh, charity calendar? Musical instruments? That could work, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I would have a trombone. You'd probably just need a, a small, uh, small teacher's whistle. A teacher's whistle. Yeah. So let me run through the roster of members uh, that are in Blossoms. So you have got Tom Ogden, uh, Hilda's grandson, uh, on lead vocals. You have got Charlie Salt, uh, Veruca's brother. Uh, on bass and backing vocals. You've got Josh Dewhurst, son uh, to the Butcher, uh, on lead guitar and percussion. You've got Joe Donovan, uh, Jason's nephew, on drums. And you've got Miles Kellock on keyboards and synths. You've got no joke about Kellock? No. No. He's Sorry my favourite. He's my favourite. doesn't get oh. a joke. Yeah. But everyone else would get one. Yes. Uh, and they are from Stockport. I think we probably said that already. You probably said that already. Um, today, we're talking about uh, their debut album, which came out on the 5th of August 2016. So a little while ago now. Uh, Dan, other than the band themselves, who are deeply involved, who was on the produce on this record? So we have got James Skelly, the frontman of The Coral. And also Rich Turvey, a producer who has worked with the likes of the Coral and the Cortinas and has since gone on to work with Blossoms on some of their releases that came after this. So shall we get stuck in? Let's get stuck in. And side one, track one is Charlemagne. Grab me you below below 
There we go. That was the first track on the album. Charmaine. Charlemagne. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. My apologies. Charmaine, isn't she the uh, woman who does your mum's hair or something like that? Uh, no, she does her nails. Uh, she has a lovely French polish on them. Not Mr. Sheen. <laughs> uh, should we talk about this song anyway? Uh, I think we should. It's a great start to the album. Very much setting the tone for the tracks that you will hear. Uh, it's very bright. It's very indie pop uh, with a lovely synth layer running through it as well with an instantly uh, catchy uh, refrain and chorus. Uh, really nice. Really nice. I lo- Yeah, I just love how it's it's so instant, but also there's a simplicity to it, which whenever I say that, I'm always worried that if, heavens, if Tom from the band is listening and, and he wrote this one or kind of got the bones of this one, I'd hate for him to be offended, but I think actually... A, a simplicity to a song is not a bad thing because I love how you hear that melody at the start. It brings it back to the chorus. But this is the kind of song that when you see Blossoms Live, people love. This is a rapturous applause as soon as it starts and people love to sing along to it. Um, yeah, I just love the, the blend of uh, synths and indie pop music. It's wonderful. And this was uh, one of many singles from the album, Dan. It's worth saying, actually, that there could potentially be a bit of a track-by-track record set on the episode today because there are eight tracks of this album that were released as singles. I can't think of another... Yeah, I can't think of another album that we've done with quite so many, although I'm happy to be corrected on this occasion. And I'm more than happy to correct you, Will, because I think Nelly Furtado's Loose might have had as many, if not more i'll we need to look into that we'll just confer with uh our very own uh norris mcwater aka the lovely rob copsey i'm sure he'll have oh. the answers for us uh on that and we'll get back to you while we're playing the next track but yeah this was a single this was the fourth single to be released uh from the album and it got to number 98 in the singles charts not that that even matters mentioning. In fact, no. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have even said it. Why did you say that? Why did oh, you have to say that? Right, it doesn't matter. Right, right. Um, the album did well, but we'll do that later. But the big benefit of being a single is were some remixes uh, of this track. So uh, maybe some more about that later. Yes, looking forward to talking about that. Maybe later. Um, well, history lesson for you. Do you know who Charlemagne was? No. Charlemagne was uh, Charles the Great or Charles the First. He, apparently, he brought peace and Christianity to uh, the war. Um, sounds a little bit like you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and apparently, Tom was uh, writing this one and he had the lyrics about it's made of lead um, and was kind of looking for more inspiration. And... His brother introduced him to Charlemagne, not in person. He, he passed away, sadly, in uh, the year 814, but uh, introduced him to the idea of bringing him into the song. And I have to say, Will, ahead of researching this episode and taking some notes down on that, I assumed Charlemagne was a girl's name. I was probably mixing up Charlemagne with Charmaine, like you did earlier. Mm, probably, but not. And Charlemagne actually went on to become BBC Radio 1's track of the day when it was released and also featured on Spotify's Spotlight on 2016. But even better than that, Will, uh, it was released around Christmas time where it topped the Christmas final chart. Christmas final chart? 
I know. I think it was the, the vinyl chart around Christmas time because it's not very festive, is it? Oh. Although they have since done a couple of Christmas songs. Crystal. Oh, vinyl chart. I thought you said final chart. Like that quite, was the last Christmas. Quite muffled, as I will come on to say again later in the episode. <laughs> wow, these predictions. <laughs> um, yes, maybe that's why I've got a real affinity with them, because they've done a cover of Wonderful Christmas Time by, of course, Paul McCartney, but they've also done their own Christmas song, which I'm sure we will be sharing on the socials in just a few months' time, Will. Wow, well, a bit longer than that, but it, yeah, we're... Closer to Christmas than we are the start of the year now. But yeah, great song. Fun song. Great album opener. And also, 2 minutes 58. I love those little bite-sized tracks. Could this have been a... No, don't say it. For... Oh, 2 minutes 46, sorry. 2 minutes 46, yeah. It's too short for Eurovision. <laughs> I'm sure the lads were gutted about. Uh, and track number two now is similarly just under three minutes, at two minutes 58. And this, Dan, is what you got from the boy from the chip shop that time. You took him to the park with a bottle with cheeky, some cheeky Vimto in. Uh, at most a kiss. Another incredible track right at the start of the album. And again, this one absolutely goes off live. Will, have you been lucky enough to see the band live yet? I haven't, no. Uh, But I love this track and I'd love to hear it live. It's one of my favourites on the album. We will make sure it happens at some point. Um, But yeah, I've been lucky enough to see them at, well, a couple of times actually, but at Best of All, that's the one that stands out. It was the Thursday evening I'm pretty sure they were on quite late, midnight or one in the morning, and it just went off. And as much as I had enjoyed their singles uh, and and some of the B-sides and things like that, it was after seeing them live that I realized, do you ever have that moment where you like a band and you see them live and they just jump up to become one of your favorite bands because of their their stage presence and just the songs come alive, don't they, in, in that setting? Yeah, that I think that's what I'm like when we saw the Venga Boys at the Mighty Hoopla. <laughs> It was the opposite way around for me, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is a real, like, you can imagine having a great boogie to this, like a dirty disco, isn't it? Definitely. And we've talked before about how guitars and synths are clearly like the foundation of this band. And I think this shows it even more than Charlemagne. And just from that middle eight, where it goes, kind of breaks down a little bit, the beats come in a little bit more. And then from that to the outro, it's... A phenomenal piece of music. It's one of those pieces of music that just, you know, makes me stop and listen. I just love that. And you did have a dirty disco at Glastonbury one year, didn't you? Because you soiled yourself in the John Peel tent. <laughs> it was a dirty protest, actually, because they didn't play the song I wanted. Oh. So that'll show LaRue. This was song uh single number five. And this one uh was likened by some of the uh, some of the critics, some of the fans to Call Me by Blondie, which I have to say, again, I hadn't thought about that ahead of a little bit of research for the episode. 
can definitely hear it. Again, that fusion of guitars and synths, which Blondie do so well. Uh, but Tom did say in an interview that that's he, he likes that because they are huge Blondie fans because it's, it's, again, the sound that they love. And Will, talking about Blondie, the disco element of this track apparently is from Charlie Salt's bass. He is a big fan of disco music. And again, I just love the elements that are coming in. They've got fans of Oasis in there. You've got fans of Stone Roses. But you've also got the disco, which is probably the part of the band that, you know, speaks to us, really, although that entices us. So we might well bump into him in the Pink Flamingo on a Saturday night. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd go that far. And I don't know how big a fan he was of uh, Kylie's disco, but who knows? Do let us know at Track by Track UK. Track number three now, and this is Getaway. I do enjoy this song. I think, obviously, after two quite almost in-your-face bangers, this one strips it back a bit. Not completely. It's not a a real ballad, um, but a little bit more chilled in the first two songs. And that goes hand-in-hand with the lyrics of this one. It's obviously talking about a complicated relationship, um, one that's kind of ended but hasn't ended properly. I mean, I've been there. Well, have you been there? No. Oh, clean cut. For like you. a nice hard bre- Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> Break. Yeah. And I just think they, they tell the story really well. I'm over you. You're under me. This is the last time. Don't say it's the last time. It's funny. It's playful. Uh, but it's heartfelt as well, Will. Well, it's, yeah, it's quite bittersweet as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Are you a fan of this one? Yeah, it is nice. I think not as big a fan as the first two. But I do like the fact that although the subject matter, you know, is quite heart-wrenching, it still feels quite an uplifting song, particularly in the chorus. Now, Will, we don't often talk about single artwork, but this one falls very nicely in line with our own aesthetic. Oh, lovely, yeah. The colours, the neon. Did we rip off Blossoms? No, we probably ripped off someone else. And this was the sixth single. So this came in April 2016. And as we said at the start, there are a lot of remixes of these tracks. And again, I love when uh, a band with, you know, a, a, a band made up of instrumentalists then go on to have these tracks remixed and made into real bangers. And that's the case with so many of the songs on this album. Track number four now. And Dan, this is your favourite uh coating on chicken vegetarian <laughs> honey sweets when I go back and show my love a heart attack I'm told I should have known no more nights alone so cold let's go back to school when I go back and show I should have known no more nights. 
So Honey Sweet there. Uh, another one of my favourites, I think, because the the pulsing uh, beat that's running through that does remind me a little bit of um, Dancing on My Own. Oh, yes. Do you know what? I, I Likewise, I really enjoyed that sound and the juxtaposition of the kind of sweet sounding lyrics and vocal delivery uh, against that. You know, it almost sounds like a, a machine droning on or something like that. And I was... I didn't really take it for its own thing. And of course that, that sound does, it does lend itself more to things like Robin and things like that. Um, but likewise, b- with that in mind, I think it's a, an incredible song. Um, again, a bit slower, a bit more chilled, a bit more stripped back, but still. Well, I wouldn't say slower actually, Dan. No? No. Well, I'll, I'll pin you down and play at most a kiss and this next to each other and then see what you have to say for yourself. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> no pinning down for you. Uh, and what is it all about? This song, not I'm not having an existential crisis <laughs> for <laughs> once. I feel this one was maybe about taking someone back. So the the previous track was about that complicated relationship and maybe wanting them afterwards. This one, the chorus says, I'd go back and show my love a heart attack. I'm told I should have known. No more nights alone. So cold. Let's go back discreet. Honey sweet. Probably someone that makes delicious uh, honey sweet ribs. Oh, ribs. I'm vegetarian. Lovely sticky, sticky covering on ribs. I'm really not a fan, especially when we go out for a meal. I find it quite rude. I'm there with my nut roast or something like that. And you're just there, <laughs> sat across the table, sucking on a bone. Uh, and it went with the last time. <laughs> Me just watching. Weeping. <laughs> And Dan, this is next song, track number five. This is, where, this is where you fell uh, <laughs> when you were rooting around uh, behind the top of your Nana's wardrobe trying to find the family jewels to sell on <laughs> cashforgold.com. What, my granddad's family jewels? <laughs> Onto her bed. Coming back, I want you. I feel I could be a boy if you let me in. So on to her bed there. What a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. And you've got the band. They are, they've been putting out some scaffolding by the looks of it. Uh, and they put loads of lovely festoon lights uh, up there as well. Uh, and it's uh, really nice, very illuminating. I don't know, where are they, Dan? Where, where does it look like? Um, I think it looks like, I thought it looks like a barn or something like that. A barn or an impromptu stage. Yeah. But it's a lovely image of the band, isn't it? And I love, just with this band, I love that they are, they're one of those acts that have, gotten together of their own accord, five lads who grew up uh, within a couple of miles of each other, you know, same inspirations. They're inspired by things like Stone Roses and Oasis. And, you know, they've, they've made it happen. And their first gig was, um, I think they used to work in a hotel and play in this hotel or something like that. And of course, now they've gone on to huge festivals, uh, COVID test sites, which I'm sure was always oh. the dream. 
Oh, it's like it was uh, it was Charlie Salt's grandfather's scaffolding yard, uh, which is also uh, where they used to use as rehearsal space. There we go. Oh, see that even ties into it even more, doesn't it? It's Lovely significance. Whole... Yeah, and 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 again, as I said before, I love the fact that they're still together after three albums, working on album four, doing the podcast. It it, it feels like. Touch wood, it feels like a band that aren't going to have some kind of huge row and fallout and members leaving left, right and centre. It feels like they just bloody love it. A bit like me and you, Will. Uh, Well, you've just given them the track by track, Kiss of Death. (laughs) (laughs) And you once did give someone the Kiss of Death. Well, I hadn't taken an actual health and safety uh, course and I wasn't an actual first aid responder, but no one else was putting their hand up. So I thought I'd give it a go. Um, But Apparently I blew too hard. And where did you put your hand up? So that's yeah. <laughs> what do you think of Onto Her Bed? I do like it because I, I like that we are hearing really different sounds. We've got the piano. It's very stripped. The production still adds something more than, you know, a standard, your standard band. They like to play with electronics still. Um and again, I like that so many of these songs fall under the three-minute mark. It really is just kind of bite-sized stories and bite-sized thoughts. So yeah, I like it. And the repetition of on and on and on, um, it's, 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 very, it's very playful. It's very clever. I'm a fan, Will. Good for you. Track six now. This is Texia. Lovely synth pulse running through that track that really uh, elevates it for me. Yeah, I'm getting, again, quite strong Blondie vibes on this one that I wouldn't necessarily have thought about had I not seen Tom's comments on that. But, um, yeah, would you agree? Uh, Sorry, I wasn't listening. (laughs) Blondie vibes to the sound? (laughs) Uh, I was trying to read the lyrics. Um... Yeah, another one again. But what is it you think that, that gives those uh, vibes? I just think there aren't that many bands, when you think about it, who really do fuse synth with more guitar-based sounds. You know, they, they are there. You've got uh, Talking Heads, you've got Blondie, you've got Roxy Music, you've got Duran Duran. But more recently, I think, or certainly a few years ago, maybe when Blossoms were first getting their sound together. I don't think it was quite as prominent. I think you had the indie Rocky bands or you had the synth pop. Um, And I think that's what really made them stand out to me. There was lots of generic bands around this time that I'd maybe listen to the odd song and enjoy, but just something about what Blossoms did and that sound they made really spoke to me. What did it it say to you? Listen to me. (laughs) Buy me. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, it's a wonderful um, mid-album pounder, quarter pounder. And this wasn't a single, Will, which, which is, I, for me... Surprising, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're on the same page there. Not only because I think it would have been a great track, I can well imagine this being played 
on Radio 1. And worth pointing out, actually, that Radio 1 were big supporters of Blossoms uh, from the off. Um, they they played uh, BBC Introducing at various festivals and Annie Mac uh, played Getaway for the first time on BBC Radio 1. Um, but also because I think it would have had some cracking remixes. Did you say cracking remixes or crappy remixes? Uh, cracking. Oh, sorry. It's just a bit... A bit muffled, muffled. then. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, well, as we've said so many times before, it's actually it's nice to have, especially with eight singles from a 12-track album, it's nice to have some gems still hidden away, isn't it? Well, and after eight uh, eight singles, you would think there would be just a load of tut left on the album, but not at all, actually. So thank you. Thank you for the music. Even more hidden away than my grandmother's family jewels. Tucked. Okay, uh, track number seven now. Blown Rose. Blown Rose there, and uh, this is another pounder for the middle of the album. Uh, this was this was the third single to be released from the album in July 2015. Again, very clearly single-worthy material. Definitely single-worthy. And I think this one actually speaks a little bit more to some of the more... I'm going to apologise because I don't want to say indie bands or indie rock or indie music or whatever, but, you know, I've talked a lot about all the different influences that come into this band, disco, the synth, pop, whatever. Uh, but this, I think, really, you can hear the influence of the choral uh, and maybe uh, the, the Gallagher's or, you know, something... The Gallagher's. Why, why am I not just saying Oasis? I don't know. Um... But I think you can definitely hear that more on this one. And interestingly, Tom wrote this one on James from the Coral's guitar. So obviously channeling him. Oh, I hope we didn't leave a mark. <laughs> Tom also said in an interview with Song Facts, he said it's one of the songs he's most proud of writing. Well, Dan, Dan where's all this come from? It's like you've swallowed an enemy journalist. And you did what? <laughs> I have to say, well, hearing all of these songs again, I cannot wait to hear Blossoms Live. I think we're both very hungry just to go to gigs again. Yeah, absolutely. But I will say on this one as well, as much as I can't wait to hear it live in, in all its glory, it's another one where there are some fantastic remixes. Uh, track number eight now. Uh, and this is what happens if you uh, go crazy with a sledgehammer in a music shop. Smash
So, Smash Pianos there. First things first, Will, you know I love a good song title. I think probably when I picked up this uh, on vinyl, put it in the vinyl collection, I would have been very intrigued to hear what this song sounds like, to see if it did sound like pianos smashing together. Do you think it does sound like that? It doesn't... I mean, it's a little bit more kind of pared down, and it's got, but it's got a great bass running through it, but not smashed pianos. Definitely not smashed pianos. Talking of smashed pianos, though, Will, I do remember back in secondary school, my music teacher uh, around the room had bits of broken or smashed, if you like, pianos around the room hanging uh, from the ceiling and stuff. And apparently there was some sort of competition where two people go at it on a piano um, and I don't know quite who the winner is, but he ran in and grabbed uh, some of the bits to then take back to the classroom. <laughs> the weird thing is, I didn't mean for that to sound dirty, but as the more I went on, it did. It's a genuine true story. Well, yeah, no, it's not so much dirty. It's just confusing. Well, I... Yeah, I suppose it's like one of those phone book ripping up competitions that they have. Or is that just a world record thing? Uh, we'd have to ask uh, Norris McVerter again that. Uh, but uh, who? why would you smash a piano up? Well, I imagine they were um, out of order. Well, they were out of order. They were bang out of order. I, I should refrain, uh, rephrase. Um, I, I imagine the pianos didn't work anymore. Come to the end of its life. Hopefully not an antique. But Will, what do you think to the song? Uh, I'd like it. It's a great album track. One of the few album tracks. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's not a pounder. It's just a really solid album track with a with a, with a a really uh, grabbing bass line. I love how it, it's got a real false start to this one. It's, it's kind of all about the stripped back electronic sounds. The vocal production is very different, quite spacey. And then this killer chorus comes in. Uh, and again, you can just imagine it going off live. But then towards the end, that repetition and the kind of layers upon layers of smash pianos. Love that. Uh, and we know a thing or two about false starts on this podcast, don't we? Are you talking about the fact that we had to record the first half of this episode again? <laughs> no, just in general, no. not specifically. Okay. But this episode right. is a very good case in point. Track number nine now. Uh, Dan... Yeah? Cut me and I'll bleed. Happily. This makes me think about, first of all, the uh, initial kickoff of this is very two-door cinema club. And then it feels a little bit like cast at the same time. And I just love that. Imagine that as a super group. I kind of think with a sprinkling of an organ and uh, that's potentially what this would sound like. And you'd know a thing or two about the sprinkling of an organ, wouldn't you? No, come on. You're better than that. You're better than that. <laughs> Am I? No. You're worse. No. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's yeah i love that comparison i think definitely can hear both sides to that and probably actually we're saying about not as many bands maybe as this album were coming out that were really fusing guitar music with synth music oh, they were out there don't write in and tell me and list them all off to me but two door cinema club definitely a band that we love because of how they do that um and cast were great weren't they I, they've got a song do you know the song alien yeah love that one love the production on that get them on the really long list and that's that's approved again we'll love the title of this cut me and i'll bleed uh, and also love the fact that it doesn't appear in the chorus it's just the first line of the first couple of verses love that not following the rules a bit like you and i yeah we don't we make the rules we don't follow the rules exactly rules are for fools and for whose paradise is hard to find uh, fool's gold. Stone Roses. Fool's rush in. Love fool? Crazy fool. Crazy chicks. Chicks on speed. <laughs> <laughs> Speedway. Genie in a bottle. Will, how are you with blood? On a serious note, if you uh, were cut right now, would you faint? Would you pass out? Are you okay? I'd be fine with it. In fact, I'd suck it up. Good for you. Not other people. Good to know, obviously. No. But as for the song itself, well, I love, there seems to be so many more elements thrown into the mix with this one. You've got uh, synth going off a little bit more. It almost feels like um, sort of a harpist chord or something like that after the first chorus. Uh, The melody in the chorus seems really spacey. And also one of the things I love in this song, probably being brought on from those disco elements, a double clap. Love it. So track number 10 now. And Dan, if I asked you this as a question, you would probably say the toilet. My favourite room. You would tell me every day that I'm all yours and it's okay. But no, you don't know. You tell me you know you did wrong. You tell me that I belong with you. In my favorite room with you. How do I feel? So, my favorite room there, a very, very different sound to this one, completely stripped back. It's pretty much just Tom and his guitar. And, you know, that's not always our favorite kind of music on track by track. But I think it works really well here. It really, really works. <laughs> you are right, Dan. I think I'm probably not one for something um, stripped, so acoustic, or you know, just for just a young man sat there strumming away. But actually, really like this. And actually, when he does do that in front of a crowd, they all absolutely go wild, and they yeah. Yeah, they're open-mouthed. <laughs> um, what they do as well around this point in the gig, not to say that they're predictable, but uh, the couple of times I've seen them before, they normally do a bit of an acoustic medley as well. And I do seem to remember at Bestival, just at the end of summer, they in- included uh, Last Christmas by Wham in that. Oh, and I suppose the end of the summer is people do start thinking about Christmas for the first time. I know you've been thinking about it since uh, Valentine's Day, but uh, 
I bloody love Christmas. But I genuinely did. I, I would go to festival in September and I'd come back and I would I, I would I would be getting ready for Christmas then. And I'm not sorry about it, Will. Yeah, you put your tree up, actually, when you come back from Glastonbury normally. Yeah, because that marks the halfway point, doesn't it? Track number 11 now. Blow. And it's everywhere she goes I don't know if it's love that you are Now, Dan, that's blow, and I must make a correction to uh, quite a few things I've said in this episode. Mm-hmm. I had in my head that the album was released in 2014, and then so saying all the singles were released way later after the album. Actually, the album was released in 2016, so all the singles were released around and leading up to it. Ah, uh, but the first single was released 2014, wasn't it? So, and this blow was the first single to be released, and it was in 2014. So that's where I've got a bit confuddled. Sorry. Oh, bless you. It's the age. Don't worry ha- about happy, it. Happy to set the record straight. Oh, like uh, that politician stood up at the front of his house. With his wife and kids. Yeah. When he's been uh, papped in the public toilets. Quite a specific memory. Uh, well, and probably doing something like the name of this song, I'd imagine. Matt Hancock. Yes, he blows. No, this isn't called Matt Hancock. Uh, it's called Blow. Uh, but I think this is a really good track. Really great track. And so late in the album as well. Yeah, perfectly placed. Track 11 of 12 tracks. It's not petering out. I think this one, as soon as it comes in, the beat is absolutely fantastic in this one. I think you hear the beat of this song more than you hear the beat in most of the tracks. But also that coupled with the ooze that um, the backing vocals and the ooze that come uh, ahead of the chorus. We said who's. It's almost ooze or who's or boos. Hooves. Like two coconut shells. And you are wearing two coconut shells today, aren't you? It's very hot. Very hot. I'm having a a Hawaiian party for one. (laughs) Is that a grass skirt or? It is a grass skirt. And I finally finished uh, raking out the two tons of sand I had delivered from a back garden. Lovely. That's going to get everywhere. Every crevice. Mm. Um, but I think it's got a, a bit of a glam rock feeling to this one, Will. You're right. You are right. And I love how the the delivery of I don't know with each chorus, it's almost like Tom just pushes himself more and more and more. He's got a real yearning to it almost. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of this song. Quite a visceral description there, Dan. Sorry. (laughs) So, track 12 then. Kind of like the skirt you're wearing right now. Deep grass.
so deep grass there the last track on the album proper dan have you ever been a grass no one likes a grass oh, I, I have yeah absolutely in fact i've grassed you up to the track by track hr department more than once with more of your false accusations no doubt well indecent exposure is not a false accusation well i think we've both been guilty of that how about you are you a telltale tit You've got to be honest in life. You don't have to go out of your way, to be honest. Yes, you do. That's my motto. And Will, Deep Grass, what do you think? I would say it's probably not my favourite song on the album. Uh, I would have been happy uh, to finish off with Blow. <laughs> no, you're, you're better than that. Am no, I? you're not. No, you're not. No, you're I'm, not. I'm really not. I have to say, I actually like this one because, and I like where it is, because... Again, it's playing with different electronic sounds. It's doing things that other acts around the same time or the acts they were inspired by weren't doing. And I think almost with track 12 of a debut album or with any album, the last track of an album, it can almost lead you to what's coming next. Um, And I don't know that this necessarily did do that, but it's almost a nice sort of what if, a bit of a cliffhanger maybe. Um, But I think it's a great song. I love love the effects on it. I love the production of it. I love the synths on it. and again, lovely title. I'd have been very drawn in by that title when I first saw it. Now, just a word on the album performance before we got into further listening. This was very well received. Very well received. NME gave it four out of five, as did The Independent. Uh, and there were some wonderful, warm words for uh, for this debut. Uh, and they've gone on to have much critical acclaim. Uh, since then as well this was uh this also it ranked 25th in enemies albums of the year of that year that year being 2016 and this is also a number one album good for them gold selling album so time for some further listening will we hinted at it before but we were blessed with remixes uh from this campaign more than you know I'd, I'd like to share a few more but no we'll stick to the rules one apiece and will i'd love for you to go first so i have gone for the lindstrom remix of charmaine charlemagne Lindstrom, Swedish producer, remixer, artist, uh, who's had his hand in many, uh, many well-known pop and dance acts and remixes. This adds some wonderful icy, uh, punchy synths into the mix uh, and a beat which just makes you want to dance. Yeah, definitely. Really plays up to the, the synths of Blossoms. Very kind of vintage, very almost arcade-like. Um, love, love, love. And it's one of those remixes that actually, you know, it's completely transformed the track, isn't it? It's not just adding a donk to it. It's really creating something else. Love it. Also worth noting, uh, Lindstrom have done some wonderful remixes for the likes of Temples and Foles. They um, 
as we've done with this, take a band and uh, take them to the dance floor. Dan, what have you gone for? So, well, I have gone for, and full transparency to the listeners, we were both going to go for this one, weren't we? But I won the toss off. So this is the Revenge remix of Honey Sweet. Dancing then? Yeah, we weren't. We weren't even asking, were we? We were just dancing. No, we were just going. It's really funky, funky remix. Really funky. Again, taking the synths, uh, but in a completely different way to the previous track. Also keeping the beat really clean. Um, yeah, big fan of this one. Unlike the previous track, this is a kind of full length remix, isn't it? And you enjoy every second, every last drop. Um, and actually, I think from the album this isn't one of the ones that i felt was one of the more you know in your face dancier tracks uh so i love that it was given that we're, we're out, out of time. time so we hope you've enjoyed this uh blossoms uh episode uh another patreon exclusive yes yeah, so please do let us know on the post on patreon and also on the socials at track by track uk and we've got more exclusive patreon episodes coming your way very soon uh, and episodes for everybody. But you get more. You get more. Bang for your book. More, more, more. So, until next time, I've been Veruca Salt. And I've been Charlie Sloth. Goodbye. Goodbye. And, and you-, you did once blow with your teacher's whistle. I did blow my sports teacher's whistle and, uh, yes, was held back after class. I still didn't give you an A that term, did he? Must try harder. Must get harder. Well, that's his issue, not yours. I don't know, Andy. I think we're just going to have to hold our hands up. (laughs) (laughs) 